You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. The Fox and the Phoenix podcast is now a proud recipient of two 27th Annual Communicators Awards, garnering audio and podcast distinction for individual episodes in the categories of society and culture and diversity and inclusion. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser and author of the Living with Cross-Dressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Savannah. Hey, baby. How you doing today? I'm doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> just, just okay. I mean, it's kind of an okay. It is a cold-ass day. I know this episode is going to be in June when it uh, airs, but it Hello. was... I know, but today when we're recording, it was 37 degrees and with frost on the ground here in South Carolina. Oh my God. Yes. So my going out to Starbucks and sitting outdoors, hands a little cold, hands a little freezing. Yeah. Cold feel? paw, cold paw. Yeah. Yeah. And I was Get like, it, paw, hands. Paw, oh yeah. I got yeah. it. <laughs> and I see that you have your, got your super sexy fox ears on today, baby. I mean, I don't know if it's sexy or just like a cover up for my like greasy hair, my tiredness. And to all those listening, all those listening, I'm on the East Coast and my lovely, lovely princess is on the West Coast. Uh, I don't like princess. No, you don't like princess? Your majesty, at least up up, up status. Wait, so, all right, I'm sorry. Listen, hon, I'm, I understand. I understand. I, I apologize for calling you that baby. I apologize. And there's always, all right, but there's always, <laughs> <laughs> there's always my name. Okay. Same you way. can call me Julie. And oh, you don't have to be nasty. Julie. Like Julie if, if you're or nasty, Jules, right. Or the Jules Meister. Okay. The Jules Meister. Wicka, wicka. All right. So last uh, night. Yeah. Talk to me. I watch, I'm, and just so you know, I may or may not have. Some Chardonnay on the rocks with a straw in this coffee mug. Nice. Sip. <laughs> I said your straw is like ungodly long. For I know. <laughs> That's how I like it. All right. So listen, <laughs> last night I watched with my husband coming to America too. There was a lot of hype on my end about it because, like, I'm a diehard. You know, I'm. A, yeah. I'm, if you are a coming to America person, we don't even have to mention mm-hmm. why I'm feeling this yeah love and it. why i've been appreciating it and just loving it so i watched it last night and it was exactly how any sequel would be it was average if not below it couldn't okay. even hold the candle to no. the original right it just can't no um but it was it was i you know and my husband and i were supposed to have <laughs> we were supposed to have like a romantic date night and remy is nine right now and she said no grandma i don't want to sleep over at your house so already <laughs> that's like all right yeah, you know yeah, buzz yeah. kill hello <laughs> and so we watched the movie and i had these i'm gonna hold it up for you to see our listeners i'm holding up a box of the organic mini cheese sandwich crackers from trader joe's okay no okay. they're not a sponsor anywho <laughs> so it wasn't really a romantic like setting with the movie i mean we both were on our own corners of the couch and you know watching the thing and appreciating the old you know shout outs from the ridge and i had a couple of rights so i had four five 
All right, by five, I mean 10, okay? And so I was feeling a little bit gassy. And this mm. was the night where my husband and I were going to be intimate, you know, you dig? Mm. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like my food choices was not the bad choice because by accident, I released some gas. Was it that did not smell like roses, <laughs> you dig? And so the level of turn on, turn off was just like instant. It was like, did you? And I, of course, played it off like I didn't because I don't know. <laughs> it killed the moment. It killed any sort of plans for the future. And it just made me feel like I was in this ball of shame. Like I was oh. like a 10-year-old that just got caught like stealing some cookies and then, I don't know. Mm. gassing the whole place up. I literally gassed up the whole room. Yikes. Doesn't that just mean you go to a different room? (laughs) I mean, he said out of respect, you should have gotten up and gone to the bathroom. But to me, it's like, it's a yawn. It comes natural. (laughs) Sometimes those little gas waves, the little cheddar, those sandwiches, they're sneaky. I really didn't think that it was that powerful. (laughs) We underestimate our power. We That's do. true. That's and true. then when it comes out, we like to look the other way. But my husband, he has very keen sense of smell. Mm. And mm. then the worst part is, is we were under a down comforter. Oh, no. Yeah. So then after the whole, like, you did it. I didn't know. God, I'm sorry. I then opened, <laughs> like, lifted the comforter. And it was just like, gas city. Yes. Uh, little mini cheese cracker sandwiches. <laughs> insidious. Insidious. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. So that was my share. Do not tell anyone, babe. Okay. Absolutely, hon. No, no way will I ever pass that between anybody else but you, just you and me and this, this recording. Between you and me and my anus. Shh. <laughs> and my gas, which I feel like I'm at the age, 41 people, where I need to start taking gas X. That's a yeah. thing. It, it shows is, that I've aged. It shows like a fine wine. <laughs> That's my little ditty wow. morning. I'm so sorry. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so sorry, Jules. I got nothing. I mean, I, I will admit that uh, Judy and I also had a uh, a digestive distraction last night, but it was less about really? it. Yeah, it was less about a one-off, <laughs> kind, of a, kind of like bomb burst. It was more of a, oh my God, my tummy hurts back and forth all night. It was mutual. Yeah, it must be like some cosmic connection between the three of us. It was, I think like, it was just baby, you're a fire. You were... <laughs> oh, well, let me let one rip. Let me. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, well... that's way better and loving than like one person that does like, thought you fired on the sofa. It wasn't me. Heard the lies that I told you. It wasn't me. All right, it was me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's probably your best lyrical poetry. Ever. I think we need to steer clear of one under those comforters, two from that room, and go into what I wanted to talk about today. Aside oh, so we're from, not talking about gas today. We're a gas together, which is like an old timey term for like yeah. we're we're the shit. All right. Wait, that's also wrong. We're awesome. That's why I meant to say. <laughs> just know when we meet, I will just I'll take a, that little green pill. And by little <laughs> green pill, I mean three of them. Okay. I will, I will let, yes. Yeah, might be crazy. Might be crazy. <laughs> Moving right along in just a different direction. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, here's what I want to talk about. Um, okay. I, Savannah, in my social media, have become very intolerant. Maybe it's my age, maybe it's exposure, but I'm getting people on Instagram 
sending me private messages just out of the blue saying, hey, princess, you're so gorgeous. I love your pictures. You're so beautiful. You know, XXOO. And I don't respond. And then a day later, I'll get another one with some more baby huns, beautiful, gorgeouses. And I was talking to Judy about this because I actually responded to that person and said, you don't know me well enough to be using affectionate pet names with me. Right. It's like, my name is Savannah. Please call me Savannah. And um, so I was talking to Judy, but I was like, wow, I really feel like I am experiencing the typical female experience for feeling degraded and feeling objectified in a very bad way about a person telling you how beautiful you are and giving you all these pet names without even knowing who you are. And it really was kind of a like such a 180 from like when as novice cross-dressers who want validation, we kind of seek out that attention. We want people to call us beautiful and hun and babe. Right. And and all of a sudden I'm like, here I am like going, Burk. I was like, whoa, this, I don't like this anymore. I don't like this from you specifically, this person. And I don't like people just kind of leeching on, you know, latching onto you and being like, hey, baby, you're so sexy. I love you so much. You got beautiful pictures. And I'm just like, I feel like somebody's cat calling me and I hate it. And I, I wanted to get your impression and perspective as a woman, like how you've dealt with it and how you've been exposed to it. And I want to kind of delve into the that fine line between loving it because it makes us feel like a woman and hating it because we don't want to feel like an object. Wow. Yeah. And I think, I, I think for me to really understand this, this topic, it, you really have to understand the history and you really have to understand, like when I get offended, when people, especially people in a business kind of setting or people, you know, getting my car fixed and they're right. like, here, honey, here, sweetie, mm. here, babe. Like my skin crawls on a level that it doesn't just feel generational. It feels multi-generational. It feels like I'm offended for my grandmother and my grandmother's grandmother mm. and like all the generations, as well as all the women who, who have been called baby and sweetie and hun Mostly it offends me and it hits a nerve on like a female level because in the workplace where women have worked so hard of so many generations to be seen, be seen, mm-hmm. hello, not just seen, but like, hello, I have a name yeah, and not yeah. just, hey, hon, I'm not just a hun or a toots, you know, whenever I hear like anything other than my name, I just feel, I feel the kind of shame on a global level, it's so much because we fought to be seen. We've fought, we've fought to be humanized. So when someone's like, hey, you tootsie is your bill. I'm like, my name is Dottie. Call me Dottie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not just Julie in the here and now. It's, it's on behalf of everyone. And it's very interesting because when I have exchanges with individuals working on a lookbook, there's a lot of on my end, ironically, there's a lot of, okay, hon, you Mm. know, let's, I'd love to find out. I'd love, I have an assignment for you. Go on Pinterest and, you know, I want you to look up A-line skirts. You did an awesome job, sweetie. Like, but for some reason, it not only feels hypocritical for me to do that, 
but I'm also feeding this. I'm also caring for these cross-dressers and or whoever it is that that falls in this transgender umbrella. I'm feeding them. I'm, I'm making them feel validated and I'm mm-hmm. validating their experience as a female. Right, right. But it feels so wrong. It feels uh, yes. like... Right. So I have, yeah. I, I have like my grandmother being like, you watch and my, on my, on both sides and just like for females everywhere. And I do see transgender women as females. I do. So it's very interesting when other women yes. call me hun or this and that, I don't take it to that next level, but, but I feel like there's a part of me that is teaching someone who is conditioned as male how to treat a female and yes. how to be treated as a female. Does yes. that make sense? It does. As soon as you said that point, like woman to woman, you're caring for each other, you're familiar and you're like drawing that person into you. That I totally agree with. I think from a, it's not misogynistic, right? When it, Once it becomes misogyny and they can't be bothered to learn your name, even if in, most likely, like you said, in a professional setting, where it's like, there should be a degree of professionalism like when you go drop your car off and you're picking it up and they're giving you the beer, it should be like, here you go, Mrs. Rubenstein. Here's your bill. Not like, hey, it was great doing business with you, hon. That's right. That I, I don't like that. There should be a degree of professionalism. But on a personal level, when it's non-familiar, like people don't know you and they just come out of the gate with that kind of stuff. This person didn't know me, but yet they figured they would just lavish me and have me gushing with all their platitudes of me. And I instantly was turned off by it. And I was like, you don't know me. I rarely answer. uh, I rarely answer direct messages on any of my social media. If it's like, hi, it's like, if somebody needs to reach out to me, I would like them to like, say, hi, Savannah, I read your book, or I listened to your podcast, or I saw you on Instagram. And I just want to reach out to say dot, dot, dot. Then you have like an engagement. Hey, beautiful. I, I rarely, I would just block those or delete those and just not even do it. But woman to woman, like you and I share familiarity. We know each other. We are a sisterhood. And so if you were to call me hun, I would never even think more about it because it has to come from this weird, weird position of power to lessen who you are, like to degrade you. Like you and I are not degrading each other. We're lifting each other up. But if a man were to do it, who I didn't know and didn't care about to do that to either of us or any woman, it's this degradation of, I don't know you, I don't care enough to know you. So I'm going to just call you whatever pet name I got in my pocket. And I think for me, whenever I can use the name, that is 100% the best choice. And I'll admit that I work very hard to remember people's name. It is very important to me. It is something that with 20 years as a teacher of young children. It is the single most important thing I believe to remember. When you hear that name, it's validating. Immediately you are seen. So I I do all the tricks in the book when it comes to working with children to remember those names, as well as to remember the names of the parents of the child, because they feel especially as soon as possible. Because if you say their name along with have a nice day, but if you say, have a nice day, Charlie, have a nice day, you know, Emily, as they're dropping off their child, their precious child, they Mm. feel validated. They feel heard. They feel like, wow, this person knows me and they know my child and it's only day two. So for, for me putting on my early childhood education hat, that is crucial. A, 
B, whenever I can validate a transitioning transgender person as their name, that is huge, okay? Especially considering maybe their family can't get around it. Maybe they haven't heard their name called. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, whether it's a transgender person or a crossdresser who their only time to show up as Carolina is with me. So when I say, hi, Carolina, it's so automatic. When I pick up the phone and I say, hey, Emily, it is so automatic where they feel seen and heard. And wow, that's weird. I'm not called that by anyone else. So it is a high stakes situation for me to constantly check in with myself and say, I need to do as much as I can around that validates your gender. It validates your worth. So the stakes are higher. I think with cross-dressers who are, you know, straight male men, there is an opportunity for me to teach them that a name is important. And many of them don't get to hear their name. They get to just say, this is my name, or they get to put it on a profile or on an Instagram. But to hear their name coming from someone, whether they're a cis woman or not, it holds value, especially considering online, if it's from this these chasers or man, it's different. It's like, oh, I'm I'm being valued, I'm being devalued. They must see me as a woman. Like Right, right. It's a slippery slope. A couple of things I want to say. It is high stakes. When yeah. I was speaking to Holly and Sabrina via messenger texting, I would only use Sabrina's name. So what happened as a positive result of that was that over a period of time, and not too long, but over a period of let's say a week to 10 days. Holly, who had not really used Sabrina's name that often, was starting to see it in conversation. Mm-hmm. As like, it's me, Holly, and my partner, Sabrina, talking to Savannah. And it, more and more that we said each other's names, it became more normalized, right? As, as something to that Holly was more comfortable with, to see the name in print, so to speak, and to become comfortable with like, oh, we're talking about Sabrina, this is Sabrina. This is who this person is. It's just their name. Right. And it became a, just a normal part of their routine. And afterwards, she even mentions like, well, I thank you for talking to us because you did help me get over this issue of saying Sabrina's name and recognizing Sabrina as Sabrina. So I thought that was a, a beautiful thing that by saying the name, you gave it value, gave it power, you gave it respect. Like you said, with the parents of like knowing a child's name and knowing a parent's name, it allows them to realize my child is in good hands because this person right. cares enough to to make that effort for my the one of the 40 children that are under her care. So the second thing I want to really delve into is the fact that sometimes pet names are validating and sometimes pet names are invalidating with you and i i don't think there's we just kind of use them however we're failing our cadence with each other but and this now this man who's reaching out to me as a chaser let's say to tell me how beautiful and giving me names like princess which you hated when i said it to you (laughs) earlier uh that was purposeful um and they why you set me up i tell you uh, so I those feel used. <gasps> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to objectify you in all the, all those ways. But feeling objectified in a demeaning way versus we've had this conversation before 
where many, and like you said, with your clients, you are holding them in, in your heart. You're holding them with respect by working with them as if they're female with the women. And you're saying these, these kind words to them to kind of make them feel more feminine. And we've talked about it where cross-dressing male females will go out to the bar or engage online and want to be validated in that way that in their heads, they recognize as being most feminine. Right. So because as men, they've always been used to this kind of, and I'm going to just say misogyny of we treat women in this way, we call them these things, that when we become the woman, to be told those same things is very, very validating in that situation where you go to the bar and say, hey, baby, let me buy you a drink. Wow. One, they called me baby. Second, they're going to buy me a drink. I feel very, very feminine. I feel very alive as my feminine self. Therefore, I'm validated. And so then we go from the other extreme to where I am now, which is like, ugh, I don't like this. I feel like an object. I don't even feel like they care about me as a person. They just saw my picture. So therefore, they think they, they have the right to call me these things. And I think that depending on the setting, depending on if you're at a bar, you know, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to get a few creeps. Hey, (laughs) honey, can I buy you a drink? It's like, okay, there's that. I mean, are you really going to scream in a loud bar, be like, my name is Brooke. It's Brooke. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's the whole thing. And, you know, there's, there's online. If they call you sweetie, you're just like, okay, this is a chaser. This is how I prepare myself. I yeah. suit up, right? I, yeah. I know that I'm going to block this person, but I'm going to teach them to say, my name is, you know, my name is Stephanie or, you know, whatever it is, just to give them a little learning bite before you block them, or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Yes. But if it's someone that you build a relationship with and it's if it's someone you've done the time with, I can't even tell you how many times as a mother I really have to remind myself to call Remy by her name. And we've we've discussed this in other episodes. Just so the name has value. It has value. Mm. It's a human being. And and yeah. you know that I, I I know that I've shared with everyone that, you know, sometimes even calling me Julie and not Jules or Jewel or whatever it is that my most, my closest friends call me. It has this negative kind of charge to it. So even someone's name, maybe they don't like their name. Maybe it came with a lot of shame in childhood. So calling someone by their name can be in itself an experience that holds a lot of um, weight to it. But I must tell you, especially from a stranger who doesn't know you, who hasn't gone on any sort of journey, you know, who doesn't know where you live, doesn't know what you like and don't like to have Mm -hmm. a complete stranger call a female hun. It just feels like okay, should there be a pass because this is a scenario of someone that's working on your car and like there wasn't a natural place to be like, my name's Julie, (laughs) (laughs) Julie, and like to really make it a thing if history has set us up for this way. I mean, does is it the responsibility of every minority group? Is it the responsibility of every female to be like the educator? Sometimes they just don't want to deal. You know what I mean? Being like, I'd rather you call me Julie by my that is my name. But like, unfortunately, it is our job to teach people how we wish to be treated, especially if it's kind of a cultural thing that has has been repeated over and over of women being devalued and women right. being, I mean, that's, 
in the words of my daughter, what's the big deal? That's why it's the big deal. It's a big deal when you call a female, especially in 2021, hun or sweetie or baby, and you don't even know where they live. Like you don't even know the town they live in. It's like, I'm sorry, yeah, but like yeah. you asked for whatever rage is going to follow that word because it's just, it's insulting. I'm sorry, but it is insulting. I totally agree. And I think I'm at that point. I mean, it's one thing to have that like, they treat me like a girl. And then now I'm just like, you do know my first name is on my Instagram. You could use it when you contact me. So it's like treat me like a girl. And that in itself is like, oh, they treat me like a girl. I'm being objectified and I'm being, which in sissy culture, that's like 10 points, <laughs> A plus, right? Yeah. And yeah. in, in past, even in passing culture and the whole idea of passing or being clocked or not being clocked. Hey, if someone's calling me sweetie or hon, they must see me for the gender that I am. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. feels... Uh, it feels like, yeah, it feels like there's an inherent problem with it because we've made it normalized to call women by these names versus miss, ma'am, Mrs. So-and-so, you know, those, those are the proper ways to greet somebody. But yet if there's no opportunity to know who you are, then you have to make some sort of effort to say, what do you want to be called? Absolutely. But there's these people where it's like, they know my name. They see my name on my Instagram and on my Facebook. There's no reason they can't say, hi, Savannah. I just want to reach out to say hi. It's like, hey, baby, you're so gorgeous. And I'm just like, you, in my male brain, I'm like, I should really be appreciating this. And in my female brain, I'm like, this is gross. I hate it. <laughs> so and Even like miss and ma'am, I'm trying to be culturally sensitive. And I know when I say this, I'm trying to like acknowledge that there's the whole Southern charm they miss and ma'am. And I mean, my, my business partner, Kate really wants her son who's five to doing the miss Julie. Okay. So there's that, but when you get into that as part of your way of thinking, I don't even put myself in that position because that's not, I grew up in New England. That's not, it, it yeah, wasn't yeah. really a thing. Or yeah, in Michigan, maybe, the same way. I don't even think it was a habit of mine, but maybe it was a habit in the general public, I guess, in the 90s, I guess. But in this day and age, it's so dangerous because people are, when you miss and you sir, you open yourself up to this whole misgendering community rather than like using kindness kind of as your best friend kindness in terms of like here let me help you have a nice day mm. like trying to break yourself at the as the miss and the mister and the ma'ams because you're putting yourself out there to be to really hurt someone when yeah. you're just trying to be kind does that make sense it does you're trying and I, to be sensitive yes. to the southern charm right but well, well listen miss julie <laughs> Well, listen, Miss Julie, I'm from the Midwest. So when I grew up, uh, I grew up in a very working class, conservative family. And so I was always brought up to say, sir and ma'am. That was a sign of respect. So you didn't say pet names. If you met somebody or you were meeting a neighbor or somebody on the street, and let's say they opened a door for you or whatever, whatever kindness they were showing you, the response would be, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. It was always that's how I was brought up mm, to be very right. respectful. And so it wasn't like in my brain, it wasn't misgendering. It was like showing the sign of respect, a la kind of the Miss Julie, Mr. So-and-so, like the Southern charm thing. It's kind of the same idea. But unfortunately, that was like in 1975 when I learned to 
speak this way and to treat people this way. Right. Um, so I understand that we have to pump the brakes. I agree with what you say. Why do we have to say ma'am or sir? Can't we just say, like I said, have a nice day. It was wonderful meeting you. Just say these kind words without it being clarified by Mr. And Miss. I, I think because I never, w- I was raised definitely like, Literally, my mother would be be like, go greet your godmother, go greet your, like, we were raised with kindness and with manners. Mm. But I think because, and I don't want to say New England, I'm just going to say in my home, there's a lot of standing. I mean, you could be in whatever position you were in. And we were, we were told to stand up. I mean, this feels very old school, you know, stand up and greet whoever came to the door. I mean, that felt like the kindness, but because sir and ma'am and miss, it wasn't a part of my dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Yet I know it's, it's a part of so many people's dialogue and so many of the people that are being traumatized by the, they misgendered me and Mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. sir today, like a ma'am today. And sometimes it can come from the meanness. There's Mm -hmm. a, like, I know you're trans. I'm going to sir, you know what I mean? I'll make sure to go out of my way to insult you. Right. Right. But I think that we're kind of, we're going a little off when it comes into the, you know, the pronouns, but then there's the name thing. And it's certainly a thing when it comes to these terms, sweetie, honey, instead of, instead of saying the name. Right. I think that, you know, with my closest girlfriends, I'll say, you know, all right, baby, you know, and even, (laughs) even five years ago, that seemed really weird that like one of my friends, close friend would say baby in terms of a friend. Like that made me feel like, yeah, it's a lesbianic. Like it just felt very <laughs> kind of weird. Um, but there are terms that women call each other. That's very endearing. It's very supportive. It's, I don't think anywhere in our beings would we want to say like, Oh, I wish you'd call me Julie because we've done the time. We're like, if we call them Katie or we call them Julie, like if we call them anything that is their birth name, it seems kind of like, are you mad at me? (laughs) Or it it just kind of ruins the flow. So that's a whole different thing. Yeah. (gasps) Not the cheese crackers. Sorry. Can't smell me from all the way over here. That's true. That's true. Thankfully. Break. This has been brought to you by Mini Cheese Cracker Break. <laughs> to the chagrin of all those who will be behind her path later on today. Yeah. So, to what you said, your close, close girlfriends, when they say your name, it feels like your mother is berating you as if you did something wrong. It's like, oh man, they just said my full name. What's wrong now? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I understand kind of like that little, that little parallel to it. It is interesting. And I'm not going to say that I, when I speak to my cross-dressing friends through social media, whatever, I'm not going to say that I use their name 100% of the time because we have a shorthand. Like you said, we have a shorthand when we speak to each other. But I can guarantee you that if I just met you, I am not going to be hunting you and triple XOing you. I was like, there is like a level of formality that there should right. be. That there should be like something that you should attempt to do for just the sake of everybody to show that you are cognizant. And like you said, with the children, knowing their names, it's like you are putting on your best face and you are putting the effort in to say, 
I'm going to approach this in a very professional way, in a very kind way. And then we will discuss as we go. It's like, well, what do you prefer? What do you like? It's like, you'll either know that by the words that are being said in the conversation being had, or they'll let you know what they want. And I think that then as it gets more familiar, then you can start shifting to a more uh, kind of pet name shorthand if it's appropriate. I was going to say, it just seems to boil down to, based on this conversation you and I are having, it's all about who says it and how are you feeling at that moment or in your journey to accept it? Like I said, in we- In relationship. We, yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, how well do you know this person? It's like, are you looking for validation or not? Is this person kind of creepy or not creepy? What's their intent? So I think that we could give guidelines to say, well, you know, a man should never say that to you. But yet we've already said that there are some cross-dressing women who are looking for that, who are looking for that validation. Does it make it right? Does it make this misogyny go away? Is this kind of like a falsehood that we should not want to be called that because it's demeaning to us as our femme selves? I don't know. I think I think there's a lot more conversation to be had on that front of like, do we break that cycle of wanting that kind of feminine validation, knowing that it's actually destructive in a lot of ways? Because calling someone who presents, who identifies mostly as male, and then suddenly calling them sweetie and even gorgeous, for me as the person that I am and in the role that I am and the kind of intimacy that I have involves hooking really deep into this person's psyche mm-hmm. and how they need to be loved yes, and what their love language is. And if their love language is being called sweetie and gorgeous, and they need that, they need that in terms of their medicine and care. Now that has nothing to do with my agenda That has nothing to do with my mission to, you know, change the man, so to speak. (laughs) That is how this person needs to experience life as a 100% woman, even though 100% woman in that moment is a 20-minute phone conversation, is a quick exchange. When they are with me, I see them and it is what they are signing up for, for me to interact with them and see them as 100% woman, even if they just dress 15% of the time, whatever it is, it is my job not to throw some agenda, some, some feminist agenda down their throat. Right. Right. No, agree. And at the same time, there's that balance. There's that, there's that balance that I constantly have to reach re check in with myself and say, Julie, what is their intention? Mm -hmm. What is the point of this? And how can you best love them in the ways they, they need to be loved regardless of my soapbox that I'm immediately like, Oh, it's right here. And I just want to say, but whenever I struggle too much, it's always a good choice for me to go back to their name and just call call them their name whenever I'm wrestling too much with like their needs, my needs, my mm. needs as a feminist, it always is a good choice to just go back to that starting point and say, okay, I'm struggling too much. I'm just going to say, okay, Emily. Okay. Joanna. Okay. Right. Jane. And that just brings it back home. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. And I think if we could take anything away, that's a perfect one. 
the perfect takeaway of like, what can people do? At the end of this, as we gloss kind of through all the ins and outs of what the issues could be, and as the person saying those words, I think it's great. It's like, well, if you are struggling and you think you're the recipient of your words, it might be struggling. It's always good to go back to the name. I think it is important to know your audience, to know mm-hmm. the person you're speaking to. And if it's something that they love or they hate, like you said, know who you're talking to, know that it's okay. You know that if that is your shorthand with that person, then it's like you said, it's not an agenda. It's not a feminist movement that we need to you know, down with a man and how he treats us. It's about you in that relationship with that person, but it's an individual relationship. It is. And, and you may, as, as being a, the, you being the partner of the crossdresser, the partner of the transgender individual, the partner of this person you love that suddenly has this name and you're used to calling them Tom and they Mm. want to be called Tina, like, I get it. I also get it. And it's also okay to go back to the hun and the sweeties because just to give you that bit of wiggle room to say, I love you. Yeah. yeah. I cherish you, but I can't necessarily sign on to this name just yet. It is too hard for me. Interesting. I have a very kind of distance view. You're talking to someone who, who works with people for maybe, you know, two weeks and, and we'll have an occasional exchange. I'm not talking about the, the spouses. That's a whole different thing. Sometimes calling your loved ones, sweetie and honey, it feels consistent to what you called them before. It feels Mm. loving. And that by nature is not something that I would hope that the crossdresser would be like, what you call my sweetie and honey. You call me sweetie. Give them a minute. Use those names to say, I love you. I'm giving to you. It's okay. I'm going to call you sweetie, honey, baby. That's all I can do right now. Mm, When I say your name, when I say Tina, when I say Charlotte, it is too triggering for me. Until it's not. Right? Until it's not. And until it's not. And so for someone who is a crossdresser who has no plans on transitioning, they don't see themselves as a female. It is very different than someone who really wants, instead of calling them Scott, they want to be called, I'm using my husband, and he (laughs) did have a female name during one Halloween, Skatina. I know, right? (laughs) If Skatina, if Skatina is the name or if... If you're, you know, it, it, it depends on the moment. I don't think one size fits all. Right. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. we can walk away from this episode and really said, oh, Savannah and Julie said that Sweetie and Honey is fine. And they said that calling <laughs> your name is fine. Actually, no, I think you can say that. I think you can say that. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's one rule. It no, it's not. It depends on. Yeah. Your journey, right? Yeah, of course. And that's what I'm saying is like my journey has changed. And I know I've known many cross-dressing men who like that validation, like those pet names, like to be lavished on and kind of gushed on. It's like, and who who doesn't? But yet, in my case, is like when you get these people out of the blue that do it, that you don't know them and you're not even friends with them. You're not even following them. And they say it, it, it just takes a different ring, has a different beat, different tone to it. So for right. me, it rubs me in a different way than if I do it with my friends and they do it with me. Yes. Yeah. So I just thought that was just ironic because it has this 
I want you to treat me like a girl, but don't treat me like a girl. You know, it's like this weird dichotomy that I was trying to wrap my brain around. I don't understand. It's like, I want to be treated feminine, but I don't want to be treated like a lesser of the two. And it's the whole thing. And I was just. It's a mind. It messes with your mind. Yeah. And to really know and to read the room and know that if a female, if a cis female is getting offended by you calling them sweetie or honey, or if you're not sure Mm -hmm. and you have the kind of relationship where you can ask. Right, right. Or if you're in a scenario where you're doing some sort of public service and you call, you're at a bank and you call someone honey and you're woke and you say, oh, I'm so sorry. I called you honey. Would you prefer, I I totally forgot your name. Would you prefer, I mean, that's, we just got to kind of futz around in the dark and ask the questions and kind of just keep on talking about it because it's, it's, it may land flat. It may land awkwardly but you know what an exchange between two people is an energetic exchange and maybe it's harder online when you're typing Mm -hmm. but i think if you're a sensitive individual or want to be tune into the environment when if you're you know behind a if you're a bank teller you're and you just called someone hun and you're not i'm sorry born a female or trans female, like you don't have the keys to the castle. We've we've been so much through so much hell as women, and I, I take that back when I say cis women, as trans women, as people who were born female. I'm not talking about biology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like it's a lot. It goes down easier, or it's not as offensive if said group calls another person honey or sweetie. It's like we've earned the the right. We don't have the relationship where we know the name. But if you are a cis male in the world and you call someone sweet your honey, know that that is a risky move and that it's 2021. That's all. Yeah, and it say. could be met with opposition. It could be met with blowback. Yes. Yeah. I mean, be, be conscious of who, what you're doing. You know, like I said, try to be mindful of who you're with right. and in recognizing who that person is by their, the name they want to be called. You know, like I said, you can't go wrong with the name. So thank you, Julie. That was amazing. I thank you so much for your input and your perspective as a woman, um, because sometimes I can forget being raised as a man. I can forget the truth of how perception works when it comes to being a woman. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I appreciate the topic. Is that why at the start you were like, sweetie, baby? Honey. Yeah. I was trying to, oh, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted our listeners to be like, Hey, why didn't uh, she say, Hey, Julie? I was like, that seems so weird. Um, I just want to like, what put if it I on was the- just like, Hey, meat sack. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm offended by that. Cause I'm not just a meat sack. I'm also a person. Hey, Ariola face. Okay, first of all, I don't have areoles on my face. Ah. Ah. I've been raised in a certain way myself where I will revert to those words just because I don't know like the word to say. And it just like comes naturally to do it. And that doesn't make it right. And I need to be more mindful about it as well, especially in person, person-to-person contact. And um, yeah, it's just, it may be endearing or I may think it's endearing, but yet from the other side of the the glass somebody's like that person's a real asshole yeah right but i don't think you're an asshole but and but um i appreciate that thank you 
So there, there's one name you call me that's really bothering me, and I just want to talk to you about it. Hey, listen, baby, it'll be all right. Oh, first of all, I'm a good bitch. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> no, what you say is kiddo. Oh, and I've kiddo. told you before, I don't that's like right. it because it makes me feel like a fetus. <laughs> and, and yet not- you are 10 years my junior. Still. I, I don't know. That's why I go with it. Because I'm a Flintstone kid. <laughs> And growing. (laughs) Anyways, the kiddo makes me feel bad. Okay. And yes, you have mentioned that to me, and I will continue to try to do my best to not call you kiddo. You can call me sweetie and hun, and I could call you sweet cheeks, meaning your ass. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Wait, can I? Sorry. Do I I said I said fair enough? Yes, you have my permission. Nice. <laughs> She's like, score. Tweet, tweet, Hong Kong. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a blast. And Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing, and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, Copyright 2021. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.